Welcome, mamas. Welcome back to another episode of the Working Mama podcast. I'm very excited about today's topic because home organization is something that I know every parent really struggles with at some point because there's always toys around and you're trying to organize even the pantry with all this new stuff as babies and kids come with. Uh, I know in my own experience, my son's toys and the trucks and the Duplo just seem to be literally everywhere. So I'm very excited uh, to welcome today's guest, who is Aparna. She's based in Singapore, so an international guest, which I'm very excited about as well. And she is a soon-to-be Conmarie uh, home Organising Consultant. She's also a National Geographic Certified Educator and an AMI Montessori assistant in the three to six age group. She was born and raised in Bangalore, India, and now lives with her husband and two children, aged six and eight, in Singapore. Welcome, Apana. How are you? Hey, Karina. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. I'm just honored to be here. I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing well. It's a bit of a gloomy Friday when we're recording this in Melbourne. So yeah, the challenges of lockdown and kids inside, but we will get there. We will get there. So sure will. Yeah. Uh, I'm really looking forward to today's topic because I know that the Marie Kondo wave came about last year and obviously we'll get into it. Comrie is really off the back of that. So I really am looking forward to today's chat. I'm so glad to talk about it because I think uh, home organizing is a uh, is also becoming a big deal this year because everyone's at home a lot more and there's a new show on Netflix uh, which is called the Home Edit and everyone's talking about that as well. So I guess being home and staying organized is something a lot of people are talking about. So I'm excited to share my journey. No, it's fantastic. So before we get into those topics, how would you best describe yourself? Well, I would say I've always been organized uh, as a child. I have also, uh, I call myself a bit of an introvert. I, I'm actually finding uh, getting myself on social media a bit challenging, but I'm getting out of my comfort zone. I'm putting myself out there a lot more and I'm loving collaborations. And uh, this is something I was very excited to do with you. Um, as a parent, I'm very Montessori inspired. So I follow a lot of positive parenting techniques and I also follow a low waste journey at home with my kids. So as a person, I think um, I'm trying to be more positive. I'm trying to get out of my comfort zone and trying not to be uh, an introvert as, as I was. So, yeah. <laughs> Definitely uh, very self-aware there, which is fantastic. And what's been your career journey to date to really give you the, the robust experience that you've already got? So I think as a child, I was a very good student, um, you know, straight A's and I, I studied um, medicine. So I studied to be a doctor. And right after I finished graduation, I got a good job in the healthcare administration um, department here in Singapore in one of the public hospitals. And I had a good job for eight years. I had a wonderful team, a great boss. And but after I had my second child about six years ago, I realized that there was this entrepreneurial streak in me. I, I, I decided that there was, this was something that I've been wanting to do. And 
since I learned about the Montessori method, I read more about it and I decided this could be something that I could pursue because I was suddenly so passionate about it. I think around the same time, I also learned about the KonMari method. And I realized that there are a lot of parallels between the Montessori method, which is raising your kids to be resilient, independent, self-reliant, and also the KonMari method, which uh, encourages you to stay tidy and not just once, but it, it helps you envision a life that you always want. So I started observing a lot of parallels in so many different passions that I had that I decided to do something in these two fields. And that's where my, my KonMari consultant journey began. So that's, I, I quit my job uh, two years ago and I decided to follow my heart and follow my dreams. That is fantastic. I actually wasn't aware that you're a former doctor, but that's just really inspiring because, you know, always we think that we finish uni and that's our path. But uh, yeah, definitely going from, you know, a very prestigious job such as being in medicine is what everyone, a lot of people do aspire to, to actually being in and then really following your heart and your passions. That's very inspirational. Yeah. In fact, this also allows me a lot of time with my children because I, I think I didn't want to be stuck in a nine to five job. I wanted to call the shots with my time so that I can be more flexible because my husband's also in the healthcare uh, industry and he's also a very busy uh, clinician scientist. So this kind of gives us a lot of time to be flexible and um, it gives me a lot more time at home with my kids. So I'm following my passions and at the same time, I'm, I'm home a lot more with my children, which is just wonderful. Wow, you're really then following the uh, conmarie of really setting up for that life and those visions about what you what you want and then making it a reality. That's definitely something I know that a lot of people, uh, particularly mothers, really aspire to have. Yeah, in fact, in fact, um, Marie Kondo actually says that life truly begins after you've put your house in order. So I moved to a new place uh, two years ago. And when I followed the conmarie method two years ago, I... I didn't have the visual clutter to get in the way of, you know, what I wanted to do. So I would say that the KonMari method actually helped me think about what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. And that was, that was a joy sparking moment. I would say uh, it, it literally changed my life. I would say. Yeah. Wow. So are you able to explain a little bit more? What is the KonMari method? So I would like to just, um, break some myths about what traditional decluttering would be compared to what the KonMari method is. So the KonMari method is actually um, a type of tidying method. Um, but what it actually does is it changes your mindsets um, into what you actually want to do for the rest of your life. Tidying is just one tool to get you there. And, and that's what really drew me to the philosophy. So uh, what Marie Kondo actually says in her method is once you declutter using a specific technique, which I'll talk about, you just do this once in your life and it's a, it's a permanent uh, change. After you've finished doing this once, and she calls this a tidying festival. So this usually takes three to six months. You do this once following the right order. And then following that, you just tidy every day for just 30 minutes. And that's all. So you don't have to do spring declutter or Christmas declutter or New Year's declutter. You just do it once in your life. And that's quite life changing for most people. And I think that's what people don't, um, they think it's impossible, to be honest. But uh, I've, I've done it myself. And I think it's very, very possible. Of course, with children, you have to go through um, a six months kind of, you know, reassessment of what they have, because of course, they have growing needs. But other than that, for your own belongings, I think it doesn't take more than those three or six months that you need to invest in just once in your life. So I think it's just life changing. 
And what would a tidying festival look like? This is actually the first time I've ever heard of it. So what would that mean? Sometimes you think, yeah, tidying, it's a one-day activity. I'll go through the through the wardrobe or through the kids' toys and you're like, right, one day and it's done. How does that change with a festival over a three- to six-month period? Yeah, so a tidying festival is actually uh, wonderful because what it does is you go through these six steps and you go through the tidying as categories in your home and you don't go location. So traditional decluttering methods tell you, okay, today you'll do the kitchen or tomorrow you'll do the bedroom and the next day you do the entryway. But what happens is with this traditional decluttering, um, you tend to accumulate things all over the house and then you have to redo things again and you tend to go back into a rebound. But what happens with uh, the Konmari Tidying Festival, which is a very extensive three to six months uh, time investment that you have to give, is you go category wise. So the first thing that you do is clothing. So every item of clothing that you put on your body, so that could even include shoes and jewelry and belts. And so basically anything that you put on your body, you, you assess that. And after that, you do books and then papers. And after that, you do miscellaneous. And lastly, you do sentimental. So why we do things in this order is because you start with the things that are not as sentimental to you and there are no memories attached to it as much. Of course, um, a lot of people have uh, guilt that I don't want to get rid of this. Maybe I need it another day. Uh, we go through we go through some mindset exercises as coaches with clients. But uh, if we start with sentimental categories first, you are set up for failure. So when you go through the right category, the category like this with clothing, lastly ending with the sentimental flat category, you are actually starting with the fairly easy one. Uh, and then you, you are setting yourself self up for success. And you do it category wise, because when you take in the clothing from every location of your home and bring it together on that one day, you assess how many things you own in that one category and you bring everything from every part of the house. So it could be a coat in the hallway or it could be winter clothes in the guest room. It could be shoes not only in your bedroom, but it could also be at the you know, entrance of your home. So when you actually bring everything from that one category and look at it in one go, you have a bird's eye view of how much you own in that category. And then you can make decisions based on that in one setting instead of doing it piecemeal because the idea of doing this once is for you to pace you want to be able to make that decision if you only can see everything in one shot instead of seeing it piecemeal um, another thing is parents always uh, tell me hey can we sort out our children's things first um, you know they have way too many I'm overwhelmed so that's one challenge that they seem to come to me with that can you help me sort out my children's playroom or a learning area and and that's something I I also discourage because as parents, we have to first reassess our belongings first. It's very hard to make decisions for our children's things if we haven't done that ourselves. So I always tell my clients to, you know, have a tunnel vision. Just look at your things first. Let's get all your five categories sorted out. Then you can decide what to keep to get that confidence uh, to decide. And then because your decision making is honed so well, you can then help your children do their things. Of course, there's, um, you know, doing it with your children later. This also reduces a lot of overwhelm because kids think that's challenging. It is always going to be difficult for you. So we start with just yours and then just focus on that. Wow. And so I know I remember hearing, I have to say I'm guilty. I actually haven't watched the Marie Kondo series, but there was everything of saying about how do you choose the clothes about, is that what sparks joy in you? And 
is it that you should have a certain amount of items or like how do you decide what you need to throw out or donate and and that to to really you know make sure that you do have the essential items Yes. So the KonMari tidying method actually follows um, six steps. And the first thing um, I was mentioning was committing to doing the tidying festival. So you have to commit your time and resources to doing this properly. And the second one is to visualize. So most people don't visualize what their ideal lifestyle should be. They start tidying, they start buying the best organizers, you know, the best little trays and baskets and beautiful things. But unless you assess what you own and what you want to keep, You will never know how you want to organize it and whether you have the space to organize it in a way that you should. So the second thing that you should is actually visualizing your ideal lifestyle. And you do this with a few exercises that we do with our clients, but making a vision board, for example, with the values that you want in your home. So having this ideal lifestyle doesn't have to just be a tangible home, but it it could also be intangible benefits. For example, it could be, I want to spend more time with my kids. So you could have a quote that says, time with my kids, you know, something like that, pasted on your vision board. So you keep seeing that to kind of motivate you to completing your tidying festival. So you need to have visual reminders and ideally, you know, that one vision board, which could help you, you know, direct you to getting the home that you want. And that's the second step, you know, having that vision board. And then the third step would be going by category, which is what I was mentioning. You go you go with your tidying journey in these five different categories and not location of your home. And you follow the right order, which is what I mentioned, the clothes and the books and the papers. And five is something that, again, the traditional decluttering methods tell you that you can just start taking stuff out instead of deciding what to keep. I always liken it to the analogy of, you know, if you have a half glass uh, full of water in front of you, you'd ask, is this half glass full or is it half glass empty? And looking at things from a positive perspective actually makes you motivated to completing your journey. Instead of looking at the glass, which is half empty, I always say, okay, you, you know, look at it as a half glass full. So even when you're deciding what to keep, you decide what to keep rather than I don't want this. So things that actually bring you happiness, purpose, it gives you joy. So we go through a few questions as to what sparks joy, because this is something that's a very abstract concept to most people. They're like, I don't know what sparks joy. It's such a it's such a vague concept that I just can't I can't I can't bring it into practicality. It's it's such a hard concept to understand. But when you actually ask yourself specific questions, you know, uh, not just frequency of use, because sometimes you really like a blouse and you can't wear it in in summer, uh, and you know it's it's a very warm uh, blouse and you love it because the colors make you feel confident. You know, you love the print on it. It it makes not only you happy, it makes your kids happy because there are a lot of blouses that I have that my kids just love. They love touching it because it's soft. And so I love seeing their happiness when I wear it. So that gives me joy. So there are a lot of questions that you can ask yourself when you decide what to keep. And then you discard the other things with gratitude because the things that you give away, they have taught you a valuable lesson. They've taught you that they no longer serve you any purpose. They've taught you that the style doesn't suit you anymore or you've used it so well that they need to go now because they have finished serving their purpose. And because of these exercises that you go through, it teaches you what you want to bring into your home later in life, which is why going through this properly and and doing it thoroughly in one go actually is much more meaningful than doing it every year because you'll keep buying things that no longer serve you 
the purpose that you want to achieve for that ideal lifestyle that you want. So when you go through this properly with the right questions in your mind, it changes your mindset to all your future purchases. It changes how you want to spend your time in the future. It, it just changes your mindset and how you want to live with intention and purpose. So it's a very, very mindful exercise and tidying, I believe, is just one of the tools to get you there. You know, so KonMari, actually, I'll share later with you, has changed the way I, you know, spend my time and not worry about just clutter taking up all of my free time. Um, so that is the fifth step. And the last one is then you organize. Then you think about uh, using what you have first because uh, whatever experience I have with my own journey and the client's journeys is people always have excess containers. They always have enough to help them at the end of their tidying journey. You don't need to go to the, you know, a place where you have the best organizers available. Of course, you can tweak those things after you finished your tidying festival, but why we'd never think about just organizing is because you don't want to be playing puzzles with your things. You don't want to play Tetris with your things. You know, you don't want to be keeping things that don't serve you any purpose, but just putting it in a beautiful container. You want to be able to just choose the things that are of value to you and what really serve you uh, the purpose that you intend. So I always think that this is such a beautiful way to end things off that you don't start organizing. You think of that at the, at the last and you never put it in the beginning of your tidying journey. So once you finish these six steps, you then can think about all the things that give you joy and just imagine closing your eyes and having a place for every belonging in your home. You should be able to close your eyes and say, I know where this item is. Or if I have a call with my husband uh, and he needs to get something at home, I can just direct him verbally and he'll be able to find something. I have this funny story. I asked my husband to make rice the other day and he was just following instructions on the phone with me and he knew exactly where to go just with my verbal instructions. And he's like, Apana, I'm so glad that everything is in a place that I could easily find without scrambling and looking for things or, you know, something that my, my children's uh, belonging, for example, he needed to get it for a class. And I knew exactly where it was because we, we sat and did this tidying festival with them as well. And it just makes everyone's life easy at home and just not for you. <laughs> so it just trickles on to the rest of your family members. So it's, it's a wonderful Wonderful method. It's a very introspective, mindful, intentional way of living your life. And tidying is just one of the tools to get you there. It gives you more time for yourself. It gives you more time to have that, have no guilt to spending time pursuing your hobbies, being with your children, not spending your weekends tidying. You know, most people, people delegate the weekends for like, oh, my cleaning and tidying day. You know, you don't have to do that. You can just do it every day, just spend 15 or 20 minutes to put things away because you've already assigned homes for every single belonging and you never get into a rebound because all your future purchases, you will have that mindset. Oh my gosh, I've gone through this again. I don't want to go through this tidying festival again, right? I, I know now that I have to ask myself, is this going to serve me any purpose? Do I have a home for it when I go back with this bag? So it kind of changes your entire mindset about future, your future self as well. So it's it is mind blowing. Yeah, I have to say, I did. Like, it's really. I was just writing notes here, but because it's really, it's more about that mental aspect and really thinking about your future self, uh, your future goals, is what you said about you really at the start about how you made this career change, and it's that emotional part. It's so much more psychological, and really, it's just the physical part is such a small part of organizing, which really, for me, has flipped the whole 
concept on its head because you think organizing that's really materialistic yep I'll throw this top out or there you go but actually really thinking about it holistically uh, what sparks joy for you the visual board it really is yeah as you say it's more of a for me it's more of a mental journey uh, and that psychological part and the mindfulness as opposed to being quite tangible which I have to say at the start of our conversation, I thought that's what organizing was about. So you've really demystified it. Exactly. I love talking about this so passionately because it's made such a big difference to my life that it, it just comes naturally to me to, you know, talk about it to people because it does work. If you do it properly, it just works. It works beautifully well. Um, It doesn't have to be wishy-washy or fluffy, which is why you have, if you just read the books, you might get stuck, but you actually you know, see videos, you can, you know, work with coaches, you can, you can do so much to get there, but it's, it just is so worth it. It just is worth it. Yeah. And really impacting your whole life as well as what you say with your family and that. And so what are some of the challenges that people have when they go through this journey? So I'm guessing they may have some mental blocks, uh, even about, you know, what with joy, um, even finding purpose for some things. And it's probably something, as you said, quite an introverted, something that makes you look in the mirror and make you question what is important to you, which I'm sure it can be quite confronting for some people. So what are some of the challenges that people face as they go through this process? I think uh, while I was working with my clients and getting feedback, the first thing that most people come to me and ask me about this method is I am so guilty of letting this go what if this can be of use someday or what if I can fit into this these pair of pants that I I used to fit into but I just don't at the moment and what I love about this method is it focuses on what you are today nobody can predict what can happen in the future or it isn't fair to be stuck to the past because we want to live today in and and COVID has taught us enough that we have to live every moment today in the present to the best of our abilities and we deserve to be in a home that gives us joy we deserve to be surrounded by people who give us joy and all of these things are you know things that we deserve so the the tidying method actually helps you focus on the items that bring you joy today and not worrying about the past and not worrying about if this will be of use later of course there are a few things that you know don't necessarily spark joy like you know, documents to me don't make sense because I don't like papers. <laughs> or for example, you know, uh, there are some tools in the house that I don't really, I don't necessarily love, but you need them because it's functional and you need them for legal purposes. But when you do keep them, Marie Kondo also encourages you to mentally be grateful that they serve a function in your home. So just give out this message to that item and say thank you because without you I don't I I'll, I'll find it difficult to own this home because I need those mortgage papers I need all those documents and you're giving uh, new papers are uh, proof that this home is mine so thank you for giving me a home so just giving that some people find this a bit strange to to thank your items but what I tell my clients is to personify your items in your home you wouldn't want something in your home that's delegated to a deep co- corner of your closet you wouldn't want uh, a person who you love to be in this corner and ignored, right? You want to be showering every single item in your home with as much love as you would show to a person in your home. So personifying your items is a wonderful way of looking at what you want to keep. You want to 
let your items serve you well. They're there to serve you. If they're not, then they need to be going to a home where they will be loved again. So I think with my you know, efforts to be a minimalist, um, of course, KonMari doesn't say you should be a minimalist. I think that's another misconception people have. Like, oh my gosh, if I do this KonMari tidying method, I'm going to end up with a very little things. Yes, that could be uh, the end result for you if you end up only keeping a few things that give you joy. So that's really taught you that you only need these many things or you need similar items just like the ones you decided to keep. But it doesn't say you should end up with very little. It just says that make sure that every item in your home gives you purpose and intention and serves you well as much as it deserves. So that the, the mindset changes, yes, to guilt is something that um, I help you know, my clients to change because you want to be surrounded with things that deserve to be loved. And that guilt is, um, of course, going to be there. It will not change overnight. But because you go through your five categories and you're, you're honing that, that sensitivity to what gives you joy from the easiest to most challenging categories, you later start to realize that this isn't that hard as, as I thought it would be. And then by the end, you will already know what gives you happiness because you've gone through that extensive journey. Yeah. So it, it is a very um, challenging journey, but it's not impossible. Yeah, definitely. And how do you, so if you've gone through this uh, tidying festival, what about bringing new items such as clothes into uh, your household? So, you know, new season, new something, you're like, oh, I really love that top. Is it that you're buying something because you know that top is going to fit a purpose and that you've changed the mindset about buying new items? Yeah, most definitely. I used to love to shop. I wouldn't deny that. And I think um, shopping for some people is also like a therapy. You know, they want to get get out of stress and they're like, oh, I just need to put something on my cart. And I have a few uh, tips that I share with my clients as well is um, if you really want something, if you're buying something online, try keeping it in your cart for a few days. See whether you can, not even a few days, I would say a few weeks. See if you can go by without having that item in your home. Sometimes it's, you know, shiny item syndrome. You want to have that item immediately, or it's like opening a birthday gift or a Christmas present. That initial excitement and the exhilaration you feel when you first open that gift or when, when your parcel comes into your home, you know, your postman comes and you're like so excited. But after that item is in your home for a few days, you realize that it's not as exciting as it was a few days ago. So, um, I think the KonMari method teaches you to do without in a way because your mindset has changed. You realize that you have to think about where you want to put it in your home because you've started to assign locations for all of your things. So I would say that it changes the way you think. Um, for me, what I've started to do is also look at um, thrifting items and looking at secondhand stores for clothes. Like the top that I'm wearing right now is actually uh, swapped at a swap store. So I went um, into that store with a couple of dresses that I, you know, had for many years and it wasn't giving me joy anymore and I had kept it for this one day where I would go and swap it out and now I love this top because it didn't cost me much I'm promoting a circular economy I'm not encouraging uh, new things to be made um, this doesn't work for everyone but it's uh, it's a wonderful way you can ask your neighbor for something that you need immediately you don't need to buy it if you need that item a lot for example at uh, I needed a step ladder in my house but we were using it just once a week to clean the fans and I used to borrow it every week from my neighbor. And then I'm like, I did that for a year. And I'm like, I need this. We need this. We need to have this in our home. So we went ahead and bought one. But now that is being used a lot. And we love it. Without it, we just can't, we can't do without it. So um, trying some other ways to 
to satisfy that need to have that item in your home uh, without actually having it to be permanent. See whether you can make do or make do without and then looking at ways that is kinder to the planet um, is something that I encourage my uh, clients and my readers and my audience uh, on Instagram also to do. And you feel good at the end of the day as well because it's not ending up in landfill. You are, you know, doing something good for the planet and you are also satisfying that need uh, to keep your home the way that you'd visualized in the beginning. So it's, it's win-win to be honest. Yeah, no, definitely. And uh, I asked a couple of questions to the Working Mama community about organisation and like a few people actually came back and said about kids' toys. And I know that kids' toys are, are, they're always there and around and and even as well, like sometimes you're thinking, oh, I need to get this toy for my for my child, the next phase or, or something like that. And, you know, it's big and shiny. And there's some ways of, of organising toys, but also are you able to talk a little bit about the Montessori method uh, for yes. children? And I know that cycling of toys to also keep things fresh as well. Yes. So toy rotation is something that I used to do a lot uh, when my kids were younger. Uh, I think up until the age of six, you could rotate toys without them asking where some other item that they love was. But I think now because they're in their um, second plane of development in the Montessori language, it's the six to 12 age group. Um, I keep things that they love, you know, in plain sight so they, they can just choose what they want. But yes, toy rotation is something that uh, it works very well in a lot of homes. And it did work for me as well when they were younger. So keeping toys out for a week or two weeks, depending on their interests, because you, you'll observe your children and know that there is one toy that they always gravitate towards, like Lego, for example. For me, it was, it was all the open-ended toys, which gives them an opportunity to be creative, like magnet tiles and uh, wooden blocks. Those things are always out. But a few board games, for example, or, you know, some other puzzles, I, I, I would swap them out and bring out just a few and change them around every 10 days to two weeks. Um, another thing would be to uh, organize in specific locations to so just have one place for wooden blocks and put a label there. Uh, of course, if they're younger, just having a picture then uh, pasting it there with a blue tack or, you know, with a little clip. Uh, having a visual label there on each of the bins. I don't really like bins much. Uh, You know, I like trays when they're younger with everything that they need for that particular activity in one place. Because with bins, what happens is you you tend to forget what's at the bottom. Mm. Unless, of course, it's wooden blocks, you know, that's fine. Or even Lego. Anything that you have a lot of, which is tiny parts, is fine with a bin. But, um, you know, soft toys or any other things is, is hard to put in a large bin and you tend to forget what's there. So keeping a few out and putting the rest um, inside works very well. Having some kind of a routine. So for me uh, and my kids, it's always at the end of the day. They can play as much as they want. They can be creative. Um, And then at the end of the day, we, we, you know, clean up together. We tidy up together. Uh, As they get older, of course, because they already know the systems are in place for them. They know exactly where things go. They, They will start to do it independently. So you just have to be patient. Don't expect perfection because they're never going to be doing it the way that you are. This is, again, a lot of mindset changes. But creating that environment for them where every item has a parking lot, you know, every item has a place that they can sleep and rest. I always used to tell my kids that just like how you like to rest at the end of the day, your toys deserve a break. You can't just leave them lying around. They need to go back into their little cubby holes and they need to go back and rest for the, for the next day and you know, be recharged to be played with. So yes, having a routine at the end of the day 
some parents also like to, you know, have this uh, rule that you keep one toy back before a new one comes out. I, I have tried that, but I think it doesn't really work as well. But, you know, some families love doing that, which is fine. Depends on how uh, motivated your children are in, in doing that. But younger kids, I, I doubt it. They like to have their creative mess around, mess in, in quotes. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, of course, uh, you know, with children, there are going to be things that will start breaking, uh, you know, will need repair. I always like to mend things with my children in front of them and not do it while they're sleeping. This actually teaches them that we don't just replace, you know, things that are broken quickly with new things. This is a very, you know, any habits, any values you want to teach don't happen when they're adults. They, they have to be inculcated from a very young age. So even things like repairing your toys and mending something that's, that's torn or broken has to be done with them. They can do it. They can go and get the sticky tape, for example. They don't have to be sewing things, you know. Of course, if sewing is something you're teaching, that's fine. But uh, doing it with them teaches them like, hey, mommy actually repairs this before we go out and get something. Or if something breaks, they're like, mommy, I need a new one. But, it, you know, that, does, that just teaches them that, you know, entitlement and you don't want that. Of course, when things are really broken, you have to say, thank you, Toy, for giving me such wonderful memories. I have to let you go now, but thank you for everything that you've done with us. So teaching them how to thank their toys when they leave the home or even toys that are in very good condition and they're done playing with it because they've outgrown it goes into one place in their cupboards for donation. So it goes to, um, uh, there are some organizations in Singapore that take it to third world countries to the children there who can't afford uh, toys. So they're in very good condition. So we just make sure that they're cleaned well and they're sanitized before we send it off to the uh, organizations that are taking them. So teaching them that they are getting a new home and going to be loved again by children who are going to enjoy them as much as they did when they were younger. So these are the things that I do with them um, to organize. It's, it's not very tangible, if you know what I mean. It's, uh, you know, of course you have a routine, you have a place for everything and everything in its place. You label, uh, don't expect perfection and gratitude. That's something that I always end off the day with. And it, it will it will spill on to other things in their life. It just doesn't end with their things. Gratitude will be shown to people around them. To it, it will spill over as kindness, respect. So not just with their things, but with people around them. So yeah, yes, so and tidying has a wonderful benefit there as well. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's also really that it's teaching our kids from such a young age about these skills and mindset as well uh, from a very young age so it's not something that all right they're now 10 they should learn how to put something away but they learn how to from a very young age I know mm. my my son he's taught about putting uh, toys away at childcare, and now just naturally even today we're doing play-doh and he's decided uh, after an hour, nope, that's it. I've, I've finished Play-Doh and he starts putting it back in the in the tubs and puts it all back in and he says, okay, yeah. you know, he's finished. And uh, which I we always say that that's if you finish the right, we need to pack it away. But I think it's also come from childcare where they do teach, uh, it's the uh, Regal Italia uh, methodologies, but very similar yeah. as well. But yeah, it's it's definitely teaching kids from a young age. So it's not necessarily just about the organization for the parents, but it's also yeah. what you're saying is, is from the kids as well, from such a young yeah. age. 
and it makes parents life so much easier as well doesn't it because you're getting the kids you're not doing the tidying after they go to sleep on your own you're doing it with them even if it takes a long time so you know wrap things up a little early you know have dinner half an hour early if you know that tidying is going to take a little longer before bedtime or you know make sure they're fed and they're loved and you know they're given attention before you start tidying um of course it's not just toys but even clothes like my kids and i we fold clothes together using the konmari folding techniques and they love it in fact my 6 year old tells me mummy i actually find this very relaxing to do with you and i was like a 6 year old telling me this is amazing <laughs> you know yeah. and it's so it's so amazing because the fold is um you know helps them access their clothes you know they can choose so there's independence there they choose the ones that they want to wear of course the labels are there the containers are there for them they are able to put back and retrieve the the clothing that they want to wear and you're setting up the environment uh, in a positive way you know in a in a yes environment and rather than don't touch that and no you don't do that it's not perfect or you know they 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 are in charge of their spaces which is wonderful Yeah, I recently when you talk about uh trays versus bins, I recently had a like a big toy box for my son and I was noticing that he wouldn't go into it. He wouldn't necessarily open the lid and then go rummaging through. And I then decided I tried it with a, ch- a shoe rack for a week uh to see but just having the toys out more visually. And instantly he was using toys that he hadn't used in months because it was more visual for him my yeah. husband thought that was a bit unclean so then we actually got some better shelves uh, yeah. but it really surprised me and i was blown away by just having things more visual for him that he was able to then play and then also rotate around his interests and his creativity of course he's obsessed with duplo and and trucks and things like that and joining all the pieces of lego together but it was really interesting for other toys about how it just by having it visually out there um it came to actually him exploring these skills as well yeah it's so wonderful in fact uh you know once you've finished tidying the tidying festival you will add elements to your home that you never thought would um you'd ever add so for example my kids have their spaces which is just their bed and you know their bedside table and their study table but now they want plants in their room because i have a plant finally i i have a black thumb i just can't keep plants alive in my home <laughs> but i'm like you know what this this home now needs some joy sparking elements you know i can i can finally have plants i feel like having this essential oil diffuser i've never had one in my life um you know i want to add something that is you know going to give me some peace and calm maybe some artwork that i never thought i'd have you know once you finish all of these um categories and you you tidy you want to add these elements in your home that you never thought of adding because the visual clutter was there so even your kids will start to enjoy you know they'll have a, a nice rug on the floor which they never had for example but you wanted to add it because now you finally have space on the floor to have one and they can sit on it and enjoy reading a book for example so that's why we never start with those things first we always finish you know decluttering using the konmari method and then adding all these little joy sparking elements in your life that you never thought you'd have the mental space to keep or maintain. Yeah, definitely. Another question that I had from the working mama community was about organization tips around babies and kids and food prep and storage and also making sure that they've got everything for daycare when they go to grandparents and you know, do you buy multiples of things and really that organization as well outside the house of 
your life um, to help, I guess, working mums manage the juggle as well. So how can we help uh, working mums, our even working parents, when they're yeah, setting up their kids for, you know, the different school activities and, and daycare uh, to make yeah. sure they've got everything they need? Yeah, so what I would do is in, suppose, a grandparent's home or daycare, I'm sure in daycare is even more straightforward because each child is assigned one location and it's not that their stuff is all over. So each child will have a cubby because my kids were in uh, childcare as well before. So they would have their own cubby with, you know, diapers and their wipes and clothes and that kind of thing. Um, what I would do is I would have a checklist of each of the different locations. And if the child has the same needs in all of those different locations, which I would assume so, um, you just you just replicate those different items in those three different parts of your checklist and just make sure that you have all of that in one place in their home and it's not occupying every single location. In This is for grandparents' home or an aunt's home or another caregiver's home. And just making sure that it's it's in one place and if anybody needs to retrieve anything, it's in that one box or one place. Um, grandparents' home tends to be like, uh, you know, a location where, you know, you can send off items that you no longer use in your home. And yeah, we can just send it to their house and they'll be fine there. But what happens is you're just shifting your clutter. You know, it's, it's still yours and it's still a so-called burden to someone else. But just being very mindful that their home is their space and just having that one location that's discussed before as to where they can keep it. And yeah, just having that, that list of items, uh, which is the same in those three or four different locations, makes it so much easier for you to just replace. So if you know that, hey, okay, nappies are something that we need to top up, it's there on your list and you just top it up, for example. And you just stick to that list. It's just like a shopping list, for example, when you want to go anywhere, you, you try and stick to what you have on your list rather than go beyond what's there. Um, so then there isn't an explosion of items all over the place. Um, I mean, that also makes it so much easier for the recipient, you know, for the other party who's going to have your child there for some time. And yeah, you're not confused what items to have everywhere. I think that's what is uh, going to be very helpful, having having it visually written somewhere and it, it should kind of be uniform in all of those different places. I think this is good for when the children are young, you know, you have, they have the same expectations as you, you, you are on the same page. It just makes it so much easier. I mean, with regard to food prep as well, um, what I do is I meal plan on a Saturday or a Sunday for the rest of the week. So generally, you know, we have the same meals every two weeks uh, and, and we just rotate. So based on what you have in that list, you can plan your grocery shopping. You can keep, uh, you know, you can organize your fridge in a certain way. I'm going to be doing a video soon on my Instagram on how you can organize your fridge to reduce food waste, to help with meal planning and all of that. Uh, but with younger kids, of course, they also eat very similar things, um, you know, in a week. You can observe what they really like and you can plan that way. So uh, planning ahead or on a weekend and then preparing everything, especially for working parents, it makes so much sense to save time and just plan ahead and freeze, uh, you know, make make rice in bulk or make lentils in bulk. For me, I would just, uh, rice is something easy for us to make in the in the mornings, but I have um, made like lentils for us as a staple almost every day. So we have to, we can always make a little more for three days and then make fresh again for three days. So um, yeah, keep it simple uh, by just planning ahead on a weekend is, is great. It's not uh, 
challenging. Yeah. I love meal planning. I can't live without it. And I know, I think it was a little while ago, one week I didn't meal plan. And I know mentally yeah. I felt so scattered because I was like, I don't know what I'm having for this night. And it was just all over the shop. But now I generally write it down a list. It's it's planned. I know what's coming up and yeah. uh, it makes such a difference. And I bulk cook uh, for my son or if we're having another meal that I know that I can use it as a, as a reheat for him that yeah. store it in the freezer and it, it he's got his own freezer so it's not in with ours and it's so much easier yeah and even um you know having one night for just leftovers night or something twice a, twice a week for example because as much as you want a meal plan for example a meal isn't finished that day that the amount that you've cooked you can always have one day to just finish up leftovers or uh, two days a week depending on how often you cook uh, and that works great for us because not every meal you finish everything that you've cooked so, yeah, I mean, with the younger kids, you'd want to make, uh, you know, their own food. But as they get older, they're eating the same things that you are. So it just gets a lot easier. But yeah, it does get easier. Yes, that's good to know. Good mm-hmm. to know. <laughs> <laughs> and so, as you said, you're currently starting to become a Conmarie consultant, as we said at the start, from the, the Netflix series. What have been your biggest takeaways so far during this journey? So I think it has changed my mindset about um, just about what to live with um, you know live with things that have purpose Um, you know I even I even did a declutter of my phone contacts you know there were so many people on my phone that you know I was in touch with before but you know they've either they don't keep in touch anymore or they just I just wish them well I, I don't have any bad feelings or you know no bad intentions I just let them go with gratitude off my phone or uh, of course I've shared with you that the KonMari method has changed the way I've I'm looking at life Um, you know it's given me so much time with my children it has um, allowed me to pursue my passion as uh, as a KonMari consultant helping others look at the benefits of tidying and like you also shared I think nobody realizes the intangible benefits tidying has and this is something I love sharing about with people and I think as parents, we we tend to accumulate so much, not with just our stuff, but mostly our children's things and how to, you know, children don't really, don't really care, to be honest, what the best toy in the market is. Or I think we are in this, in this uh, rut, you know, with guilt that, oh, this, this toy has come out and I think my child needs it. And we go past a store and like, oh, I think my child will really love this. But to be honest, they just want time with you. They just, you can play whatever. You can be silly. You can, yesterday we just put on music on Spotify for, for 20 minutes. We were just dancing and that just set the stage for a wonderful afternoon. They played on their own for like two hours straight. And yeah, mommy and daddy could actually work from home for those two hours. And then after that, we gave them time and attention again. So they don't really want the stuff. They just want memories, you know? Mm. So I think all of this, this whole tidying festival for me as well has given me so much perspective on what really matters. You know, our children are growing up, they are growing up too fast and they just want time with us and they don't care whether it's, they need, a, you know, the, the latest video game or, um, you know, there are, there are different ways you can spend time with them, spend time outdoors, take them to museums, go watch a movie. Um, you can even watch a movie at home. I'm not against screen time. Um, everything in moderation. They just want to be with you. You can, you can even cook together for me. I think with my kids, they just love cooking with me. So yeah, come grab, grab a knife. Let's, let's chop some veggies while mommy's doing something. So 
it, they just want to be near you. They want to be close to you. They, you can have, you know, as many toys that you can manage because they will learn to manage it as well. Uh, and you are like the gatekeeper of what comes into your home. So, and another thing is like uh, parents ask me, what if we go to a toy store and my child throws a huge tantrum? Of course, it's going to happen. It depends also on, uh, you know, from the beginning, if you've always encouraged, okay, we'll get one small thing which costs this much and then we leave the store. Your child gets used to that because it's something that mommy has always done with me. But what I've started doing with my children, I've done it for a while now actually, is um, window shopping. We just spend an hour there in the store. They can just look and have a visual feast. They love seeing the books there and the toys. And I, I also tell them that we can't bring everything home. Our, our home isn't as big as the store is, but please enjoy to your heart's content. Enjoy all the toys that are there here, but we can't bring anything home, at least not for today. And we have enough at home. We'll go back and play with this. or um, And that that's worked very well for my kids. And of course, in the beginning, it was very challenging. It wasn't easy at all. But now that they know that mommy isn't just going to buy things for us because we're throwing a tantrum or it's, it, it, it's, a, it's a journey. It's not going to happen overnight, but it's helped them realize that, you know, we are spending time together. We have enough at home. And if, yes, if we do need something, we'll save up for it. We'll uh, really think about whether it serves a purpose, whether it can be played with numerous other ways. Uh, I have some principles in my mind when I choose toys for my children. Um, you know whether they can be creative with it and art supplies is something that they love so yes they have a lot of it if they want books we go to the library and get like 30 books which we keep for like six weeks they can just you know rotate them around so yes there are a lot of ways that you can uh, manage your children's belongings uh, it doesn't necessarily have to be new it doesn't necessarily have to be purchased uh, you know and, and it doesn't necessarily have to be done at every shopping trip that you take with your children um, so yeah, the discipline actually starts with us, which is why the tidying festival has to be has to begin with you um, and with your belongings before you can do it with your children, so that you have that understanding of what is really and truly important. So yeah, no, that's very helpful. And as you're talking about the toys, I remember a couple of months ago, my son for, for probably a couple of hours was obsessed with a balloon. And between my husband, my son and I, we were playing on the steps, hitting the balloon to each other and thinking, you've got all these toys over here that cost <laughs> a lot more money. Yeah. But all he wanted was just to hit the balloons and tap them to each other as though it's just this like table, like a tennis match type thing. But you're right, they really do just want time and your attention and focus uh, on you. You can have the best toys in the world and it's not necessarily about, as you say, bringing extra things into the house. It's really living with that purpose um, yeah. about what's what purpose is that toy going to really provide? Is it missing something? I know recently I noticed my son was enjoying, he's wanting to imitate me in the kitchen and I bought him some wooden toys because uh, I didn't want to do plastic, I wanted wooden, and that he now wants to chop his own uh, oh. like fruits. And Yay. even I bought some watermelon the other day, and he said, "Oh, watermelon!" I was like, "Yeah." And then I said, "Mummy's chopping her watermelon," and then he chopped his. So it would for me, it fit that purpose of yeah. really encouraging uh, like food preparation because he's got a lot of boy stuff. And I was like, "Right, you need to get something else." And I was blown away. And even still, he's like, "Yep, chop, chop, chop." And yeah, yeah, they just want to be close to us. They want they to do. absorb everything the adults are doing because they want to be a part of our lives. You know, 
they just want to be and you don't uh, have to feel guilty i know as working parents we're like oh we want to focus on our work but we also want to be with our kids i think i think children know you know if there is a space in my parents home for me when you know you you can engage with them give them that time and attention you know at the beginning of the day or uh, between the hours that you need to work they know when their cup is filled they know when you know mommy is giving attention and then you can set the stage okay mommy's going to work now in half an hour's time i'll be with you again but you know they know that they can sit there with their puzzle or their artwork or whatever it is next to you and do what they need to do and you don't have to be with you know engaging them all the time but they just need to see you there with them for example yeah, especially definitely. when they're younger so yeah. they just need to know that, that they need to have that security that there's love this environment is a place where i'm accepted i'm respected and yeah that's 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 all they need fantastic and so if someone wants to get started with the con marie i know that i'm actually recording this in my walk-in robe and i'm looking at clothes <laughs> as i speak thinking i like I, is this festival i need to start what what do we do to get started yeah so uh, the con marie website actually has um, you know the step by step uh, you know directions that you can follow and of course pick up her books marie condon's written two beautiful books you can pick those up and you know there are a lot of videos of hers on youtube as well that you can watch and learn how to do it but yeah just follow the six steps commit to doing this you know try not to give up take take photos of your before home you know you want to be able to see the different changes you're making and keep looking back at those before pictures because that is going to serve as a as a reminder as to how far you've gone in your journey you know even if it's a very little change it's definitely a change from the pictures you took before you started so you know keep those somewhere on your phone keep keep those before pictures uh visualize what you want do it by category and give yourself that encouragement once you've finished category um category by category in your home and of course decide what to keep decide what gives you happiness before you think of discarding with gratitude and then think of organizing and yeah if none of uh, if you're if you're stuck somewhere if you think you need that motivation there are consultants in almost every country now um who can actually coach you and help you and give you that push and motivation and be your accountability partner and support and um you know some some people actually need that which is why it you know gives a lot of meaning and purpose to uh coaches like me consultants like me who uh, want to help people who are stuck and get them unstuck um i'm actually going to be a consultant i think by over this weekend uh, i'm already finished with my exam and i i finished the tidying hours that was necessary as a trainee so i'm excited i'm really excited congratulations oh, and is there Dana. no my pleasure is there anything else any hints tips advice uh that you want to give parents in relation to home organization and the conmarie method i think the biggest takeaway is start with your things first don't get overwhelmed with your children's um and once you are a prepared adult so in the montessori you know language you once you are a confident prepared adult you are confident enough to curate that prepared environment for your child and you do it with them you collaborate with them you connect with them to do that together and it it just becomes a very harmonious environment a positive environment everything changes after that the way you parent the way you work the way you are with your partner you know the way you are with your friends and family and loved ones it just 
it's like a positive domino effect i would say you know everything just becomes so much more meaningful so yes start with your stuff uh, then start with your children's with them and just follow the right order in the categories and you will do great i think it's not not at all um something that you have to be afraid of well, Afana, I have to say I've been so inspired by today's chat and I've learned so much about that organisation really starts with your own mindset and really visualising what you want your life to be and it's not about the physical aspect, it's really the intangibles, as I said, around your mindset. And I have to say I've learnt so much uh, during our chat today uh, I always ask everyone at the end of a podcast, what do you do for self-care? So uh, you believe it or not, I think after the Konmari Tiding Festival for me, I, I started focusing a lot on my needs because as mothers, as parents, we tend to feel that guilt uh, when we want to exercise and our children are there and we're not giving them attention. But to be honest, when we take care of ourselves in front of our kids, they know that we are not at their beck and call um, and they know that Mummy will actually be a lot happier to spend time with me once she's taken care of herself. I mean, these are positive effects uh, once you've taken care of your needs as well. And if our cup isn't full, there is no way we can share any of our energies with our children. So for me personally, I make it a point that um, I exercise every day uh, with, my ch with my children sometimes, but with my husband mostly because we kind of hold each other accountable, uh, you know, to get that exercise done. But it makes us feel great at the end of the day. Um, I've started meditation in the mornings. I've started to give myself 15 minutes just before the kids wake up. I just give myself time to um, have a self-affirmation kind of quote in front of me or I journal. I write something down that will help me make the day uh, more positive. You know, if I'm more productive that day, once I finish my meditation, it's like a bonus. So exercise, I've started meditating I've started to eat a lot healthier. Um, so I just have one meat day, if, if not less, uh, in a week. Um, so, you know, I've started to have more wholesome uh, fruit and veg, plant-based meals. And that's made me feel really good. Uh, it's not to lose weight or anything, but I'm understanding my body a lot more now and what is good for me and what isn't. And I didn't think of doing all of this before. I think these are the things that I'm loving doing because I have this time that I can give myself it's not much time it's 15 minutes of meditation it's 30 minutes of exercise and yeah it's it's just you know and eating clean which is it doesn't it actually takes me a lot less effort because it's wholesome ingredients not much cooking involved a lot of salads and so yeah I think I'm loving uh, you know this and, and my kids are watching us do this for ourselves and it's, it's, it's part of their environment. It's something that they're getting used to. And I think that also teaches them that mommy and daddy are having self-control when you guys are eating a piece of chocolate cake uh, or something. I'm not saying I don't uh, indulge in those, but it's, um, it's a conscious effort to be very mindful and you know, give myself a treat once in a while. But it doesn't happen. I don't indulge myself every day because I also want to show them that I have self-control. And it makes me feel happy when I'm not eating that every day before, like how I used to. So, yeah, these are the different ways I'm showing my kids that self-care is so important as parents as well. It sounds like you've been on such a journey over the last five, six years since you really started this, Marie. 
uh, condo, sorry, Comrie uh, process that it's really uh, changed your outlook, your philosophies, and uh, really made your life a lot more fulfilled uh, by the sounds of it. So congratulations on this real transformation and really understanding your purpose, which I think a lot of people strive to have but don't always find it or being able to articulate for themselves but it sounds like you you really have uh achieved this so congratulations and uh, it certainly sounds like you've been on such a journey and i as i said earlier i've learned so much today uh, and it's really changed my mindset uh just even during our chat uh around organization and i i'm yeah, really inspired. So thank you so much. It's uh, I've definitely got a lot of gratitude to you uh, for your time today. Thanks, Karina. I think I'm heartened, I'm honoured, and I'm really humbled that you've, uh, you know, had positive changes and you're you're taking away so many beautiful messages from this method, from the Konmari method, from the Montessori inspired parenting. I think I'm so passionate about this that it's just something I love to share with people, and I'm really happy that you know, you've felt so wonderful about hearing all of this. And I'm here anytime you need to, you know, get some support or if you need any clarification about the method or how you want any help in creating your home environment that's positive for you and your kid and your partner, of course, uh, I'm here anytime. So how do people get in touch with you? So on Instagram, I'm on Global Mindful Journey. And yeah, that's where I am most active on social media wise. Yep. All right. Yep. So Global Mindful Journey, look it up, follow Apana and uh, definitely reach out if you need be. So Apana, thank you so much for today. It's been a great chat and I wish you all success now that as of this weekend, you're a qualified Conmarie coach. Congratulations. Thanks, Karina. Thank you so much. And I loved chatting with you today. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Working Mama podcast. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast catch-up. I invite you also to join the Working Mama community on Facebook and join in the conversation with other like-minded working mums. Please also feel free to contact me on any of the Working Mama social channels. Remember, Mama is M-U-M-M-A or website www.workingmama.com.au. I would appreciate you to share this podcast with friends and colleagues, especially those that are parents managing the juggle. And I would really appreciate if you had to take the time out to leave a review of the podcast. I'll be giving a shout out to select people that do so. So stay listening and you might be one of them. Thank you and see you next time. Have a great week. 